Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops. I've been doing Journey into an Unknown World for nearly three years. And if you've been following me, then you know that you can download them all from iTunes. There is a link below on my page for the show Journey into an Unknown World. But what is important right now is that I always try and find something relative to the way people are thinking and also something that will inspire you to look at whatever you believe in and put a different slant on it or even give you something so different, so unusual, that it might even begin you looking at yourself in such a new way that you develop a new career, or you handle your family issues differently, or maybe you just decide to move and live in a different part of the world. Now, what I'm actually going to do today is I want to talk about angels. You know, everyone at some time or other is always talking about how they feel and how they think about their religion, their philosophy. And we have all over the world arguments about the different faiths and the different beliefs in the way that people talk about the angels and how they're supposed to turn up and wave a magic wand and do something for us. You know, back in the Roman times, we had a religious idea that every Roman was overlooked by one of the major archive sort of thoughts of whoever was around. So they had a bunch of different gods, which today we would call angels, that are going to take care of them and they would come and they would lay fruits and burn candles and then they would seek the oracle whoever that might be a minister of the day who would give them their inspirational psychic sense of whatever it is they felt they should offer in order to help that person get over their problem and of course the Greeks were very much into the spiritual essence of the gods and even set up priests and priestesses to be the word, the mouth of God for individuals to go to and get some advice in some way. And if we move back even further into the ancient Egyptians, we see here that there are massive temples to themselves trying if they're kings or queens of some kind these massive temples with massive statues of themselves trying to suggest that they had the mightiest of the angels gods of their time and did actually want to be considered to be a god over the peoples of their earth and so we're not really seeing much very different in our times. Today, we still have religions around the world and we still have many ideas about God. For example, China still has temples where some of the older gods are still there in their forms, whatever uh, statues they've made. 
there are many different statues around Japan, for example, that I've seen to Buddha, who is the enlightened one, the blessed one, the healing one, you know. So there are many, many different ways that people attune to the energy of angels. And being that I was brought up Christian, and being that I've been a medium throughout my life, I have, of course, acquired a lot of information about how people think about religion and philosophy. And if someone Jewish comes to see me, then I'm going to speak in a Jewish way so that they understand the message. Likewise, if a Muslim comes to me, I'm going to be speaking in the ways of their philosophy. Or if there's someone who is, let's say, a Hindu, then I'm going to talk in Hindi, not the language, but the way of the philosophy. But today, what I'd like to do is to talk about our Christian angels in a way that I hope may make you think about what you ask of these angels before you actually sit down and pray. So here's what I'd like to share with you. In the oneness, there are what we call archetypes. So in the beginning was God, and God was the omnipotent, perfect being very pleased with himself or herself, however you want to see it, sitting on the chair saying, you know, I've created the universe, I've created many planets, I've created many species, I've done a lot of work, I'm pretty good with myself, I want to just sit here and rest a while and admire all my work. And then, after a while, that part of self started to say, you know, I'm bored. I need to do something else. And at that point, decides that it will take some part of its energy, some part of its form, and for you to understand, let's say your body, you're sitting on the chair and you're saying, hey, you know, I really do need to do something new. What should I do? And the only thing I have is my own energy. So I will cut off my hand and arm and send it out into the universe and let it be what it wants to be and develop and evolve in such a way that it is a part of me in a new dynamic. And so in the beginning, God divided itself up and in doing so, made an essence of itself outside of itself. And that essence of itself only knew one thing, separation. The separation from the whole into something else. So what I want to do here is talk to you about what we call the seven archangels. And I'm going to start with Raphael. The only thing Raphael knew was, I can sit back on my chair I can be just like my father, the oneness, where I came from. I can be a king. And in that sense, the king's energy, which of course is God the creator, is manifested within Raphael. And the purpose of that was that the king could use the wisdom of the collective consciousness of God 
in a way that he could put it into form to take a lead. And by digging into the inner self, the inborn knowledge given from that part of God that made him was able to bring power to the way that he demonstrated his leadership. And in time, realizing that he had the ability to lead, also realized there was no one to lead. And so, in his own way, yet again, beginning and believing in the separation that was the original coding, he separated a part of himself and out of him came Michael, the warrior. Michael, now having the coding of separation, knew that he could not be king with Raphael. To do the same thing would be a waste of time. And so Michael, as the warrior, brought out from himself an instinctive way of looking around and about. And in his own way, he thought that he had a natural drive within himself to go out and challenge anything he saw, explore it, understand it, and by investigating in this way, become a leader and would then return that knowledge, that information of discovery back to Raphael who would then in his own way say, aha, this is part of the God's oneness. Let's see what we can do with it. And then they sat and they thought and they realized they were a pair, that they could do quite a lot together. But they both decided that there should be more than just them. And so yet again, in the energy of separation, Gabriel was made manifest. And Gabriel's coding was that of the priest. And the priest in those times was not of church, not of rules or regulations, but was rather a reflection of the Creator, of the source from where they came from. And in that vibration, both Raphael and Michael realized they needed the true energy of God's vibration, the original creator, to be manifested in one of them so that we could say that Gabriel was the monitor of what was ever going to be made. And in his high ideals, expectations, of otherworldly consciousnesses in other dimensions, in other words, to create more in many different ways, so he could lead both Michael and Raphael towards something new. And of course, while that was going on, they both agreed that there should be something more. And so they together separated their energy and created Barakil, who is known as the slave. And the way of Barakil as a slave 
was to inspire these archangels to feel the pleasures of the creator of source coming down through them to stimulate them each in their forms to do all sorts of things that would be supportive to one another and interactive in their roles so that together combining their energy they could in some way develop some kind of spiritual growth. Now remember, this is a long, long time ago, beyond any time that we can even begin to understand. And as a result of the four of them being together, they were able to manifest different worlds, different places, under different names, in different religions and different philosophies, in the early times of the universe forming. So when we think about these angels and archangels and the holy hosts and all those things, what we're actually thinking about is the beginning of what we call time. Now at that point, realizing that the four archangels were able to bring form and shape into some kind of arrangement, they realized that there needed to be an understanding of what was occurring. And so together, they once again divided their energy and created Haniel, the sage. And Haniel had to understand the four of them. So Haniel had to watch, listen, and learn to Raphael, Michael, Gabriel, and Barakil, and ask them, why are you doing this? And what's the purpose of that? And where do you see yourself going? And what is the understanding and the lesson of all this? We could make things for so many years, millions and billions and trillions of years. We could make any form we want. But what ultimately is the direction and purpose of this? So Haniel's way is to express his innate wisdom, his intuition, his instinct, and show to the other archangels a good sense of realization and of course at times give a little judgment about their choices to show them that in some way practical their divine essence must be appreciated and expressed so that it leads to something better worth creating that will last through the eons of time and then Having done that, they went on their ways and they did all sorts of things and they discovered lots of things. They made new things out of old things and old things. They turned into different styles and forms. And some of us call that magic. But during that time, they realized they were out of control. There was too much going on. There was too many things being done by essences energies of their creation and so once again they came together in council and sat down and gave a part of themselves to create another part that they knew was important to their plan and thus Faniel the artisan was created and the artisan in his own way was quite naturally prepared to look at shapes and sizes and ask how are they to move how are they to be used productively and in the process what joy 
or disgruntled energy is there going by each thing? How would that affect the result of all? Surely not everything should be separated, but rather brought together. And so Faniel's job was to awaken a sense of emotion within the other archangels and remind them that they are the energy of the Creator and are encoded with all the emotions of the oneness and that those emotions should be expressed in every form. Faniel was productive in bringing the archangels together to assimilate one another's abilities and unite in a common form, they decided that there was great goodness within each of them that had been ignored. And without a second thought, they created Zaphiel, the scholar. Zaphiel was different. He had something that the others didn't have because Faniel has absorbed so much of all of the others that when he created separation, Zaphiel was born into the light, the brightness of all the wisdom and knowledge that the other angels had acquired. And in that sense, he had a great knowledge and was a great scholar, for he knew all the ins and outs of the heavens and the earths and other planets around the world. And in this transcendental state, he was able to observe how there were forms in darkness and there were forms in light, and that all were interactive without sense or purpose, and that all were in some way crazily mixed up, going round in circles, doing nothing. So as he observed their actions, he began to realize that there needed to be someone who was a go-between, someone who could be an ombudsman, and volunteered readily to accept the challenge and welcome it as a door opener for him and the others to follow by laying down an example that he could show all of the angels how to find inner peace between all the things that they had manifested in their forms. What I've just told you is something out of my book, Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to One is Revisited. When I was very small, Archangel Haniel came to me in my room and would just bend over me touch the top of my head and then disappear. During World War II, when I was small, there were two bombs that went off. They were called V1s and V2 bombs. The first one dropped right across when I was born, across in the hospital, killed many people. And after the hullabaloo, as my mother said, died down, People heard a baby was born and came to hold me and were able to receive healing from me to be calm and feel more at peace. And then when I was three, another bomb dropped across the street from our home. 
wiping out three families. When I was ten years old, I used to look at the bombed-out building. It finally came time for that building to be demolished and for new buildings to replace it. But before that happened, I climbed inside, sneaked inside to take a look. Something drew me there, and when I was there, there was Haniel, complete with a family, a father, a mother, and a child. And without words, I knew that that day they died, that I might live to do the work I'm doing today. So it was a precious moment for me, though to you it might be a fanciful story. So why I am I talking about these archangels? Well, the bottom line is there are lots of people all talking about angels. Angels are messengers like a neighbor from four houses down the road that you've never met suddenly bangs on your door and offers you something you just so much need. And you're so grateful and wonder how they knew. Or maybe you travel abroad to another country and you think, I don't know my way anywhere. And yet suddenly somebody turns up and offers to be your guide. And in the way of sharing, seems to do it for free. And you're saying, how is this that someone can help me? Well, the thing to understand is that the separation that comes from the archangels is encoded into all of us and has been down through time. So let me go back over some of these things that some of the people are thinking about. For example, Zephiel. He is the guardian of light but he's also the guardian of the dark. He has the consciousness to know when we are good and when we are bad. We as people on earth, we tend to rationalize. You know, I need to be naughty today in order to get attention because I feel neglected. So I'll just shout and rant and rave and hope everyone pays attention. Or we could be on the other side of the fence I know so-and-so is suffering up the road. I'll bake a cake and take it. I want to be a good neighbor. What makes you make a choice as to whether you want to be good or bad? Well, in the deepest part of yourself, Zaphiel is working to tell you that you must observe, watch people, and be a go-between. But more importantly, you must watch yourself and be a go-between. A lot of people try to name Zaphiel as a devil. In my years of working with him, I have come to learn that his vibration is so divine and so light that it would amaze you. I've also come to learn that he has carried the burden of the negativity of our world and many other worlds upon his shoulder. For we have blamed him for the consciousness of having a negative awareness. But let me go back. Let me go back in time. Take a deep breath and think about this. What about Faniel, the artisan? How many times have you invented gossip? and told people what you believe to be true. 
and maybe caused upset in someone because your idea, your thought is wrong? Or how many times have you in some way created an idea about something you'd like to build and invent and then market to share for others, such as a hearing aid or a walking stick? Yes, you see, you have Faniel within you as well. And how many times have you, in the way of the sage, under Haniel's influence, had conversations with someone, a stranger maybe, and just seemed to know what to say to help them, to comfort them, to nurture them, to go home and carry on with their life? Or how many times have you, in some way, been judging and condemning someone for something they did because it didn't please you, because you expected them to do something else, and you're disappointed, upset. Yes, meet Haniel in yourself. And now, even more importantly, we're ascending in vibration, you may realize, as we go back, back in time, to Barakil. How many times have you felt that you should cook a meal for the whole family over Thanksgiving and when they all arrive you put it all out everybody's ooing and ahhing and you make sure everyone eats and by the time you get to eat yours it's stone cold or there isn't much left yes you've been a willing slave you've been allowing yourself to give but what about the other time where you've seen something and you want it and you've carried on and made a scene about it insisting that you need the money you need the wherewithal to get it and you have manipulated your way to acquire that thing only to find that you are in some way losing your spiritual essence losing your sense of real you welcome to Barakil's world and let's go back further further in time to the time of Michael the warrior and think on this how often have you followed your instinct gone where you've never gone before shall we say stepped out of the box of your safety cut a pathway of something new and found yourself in a challenge and explored and conquered and been successful a little example of that might be in my mind putting yourself up for an audition to enter one of the competitions as a singer only to find that you came third not first are you disappointed or do you feel happy that at least you got towards the top Michael leads you towards success but what of the other side of it what if your ego is too strong what if your ambition is too imposing what if you are making enemies because you are too egotistical the warrior in Michael is in you and there will be times when you will feel that you are the winner and you will also have times when you will feel that you are the loser and last but not least let's go to Raphael even more back in time to the king are you sitting on your throne lording is over all your life all the things you've done are you content are you saying you've created many things in the image of God's ways are you saying that you are connected to the oneness that you are in ascension 
truly a part of God? Or are you saying, God is over there, and I'm here, and I am God? Do you often try to take the lead from others when you should follow? Are there times when you should lead because you enjoy it and people respect you for it? Then that is good. But what about the times when you push, motivate, drive people to do what you want them to do, saying that you know best only to find out later that you didn't know anything at all and that you made mistakes? Of course, once we go through the energy of all seven of the archangels, we realize that our essence of being, our spirit, our soul, has originally been encoded by what we might now call the archangels, but which I like to call ascended masters. That it might continue to explore itself in the coding of the seven archangels. Everything that I have shared with you is in my book, Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to One is Revisited, which is available on Amazon.com or you can get it from me if you want a signed autograph copy. It is expensive. It is a work that you will study your entire life. The book is full of meditations of in the beginning was the word and the manifestation of form in our world and our masculine and feminine energy, our psychic ability, the healing modalities, lots of meditations, even some channeling at the back that I channeled way back that has come to pass. This is an exciting works. Very important to know that it was first published in German and was the first metaphysical book to go into East Berlin. Today, it has been rewritten by me in English with lots of stories added about my life. So it makes it a little bit more interesting. But the original words channeled by spirit into this book have not been touched. So if you'd like to get this book, I would much appreciate it because it is my intention in time to build a new class based on this book. Again, you can get hold of me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. And if you'd like to listen to more of my radio shows, you can actually go to iTunes and down all the podcasts. There are about 84 shows for free. Every single show is like this one, where I teach you something. Now I'd like to end this with you taking a deep breath, breathe all the way in, hold it, and just think you are connected with the seven archangels, and I've given you the Christian names. But recognize that those names are only because we have them in our Christian faith. So attune to all the other religions of the world and recognize that they too have seven archangels with different names. But they're all the same, a part of the same, a part of the whole. In doing this, what you're actually saying is I am one 
with the oneness. So take a deep breath. Breathe all the way in. And as you breathe out, say it. I am one with the oneness. And feel it. Accept that you have been encoded with the Archangel's energies and that you have no excuse to stay either negative or positive but should rather, as in the Buddhic way, walk the middle road. For you need the dark and the light to understand your existence and the existence of others. And so, in this I say, be peaceful, be strong, and be willing to share with everyone. For you never know who is going to be the messenger from God to help you out. See you again soon.